This is Linux Reality, episode 34, Ice WM. Hey everyone, this is Chess Griffin. I'm the host of this podcast, Linux Reality. And last week we looked at, we looked at XFCE, which is a desktop environment for Linux that somebody can use in, instead of KDE or, or GNOME. And this week we're going to continue along those lines. We're actually going to start looking at some of the window managers. And as I discussed last week, I, I sort of see a window manager as as uh, it, it's it's a it's a way to simply draw windows. It's a just a graphical environment for Linux rather than a full fledged environment that gives you a lot of extra applications and things like that. So we're going to look at IceWM this week, and then a few more window managers over the next couple of weeks. Um, before I get started, I wanted to follow up on a couple things from last episode. First of all, about this idea of, of whether or not to use the term podcast. Uh, got some interesting feedback in the forums about that, as well as some emails. And I just, you know, wanted to say I was sort of halfway kidding about that. I mean, I'm, I mean, I think it's interesting. I think it's, a, I think it's an interesting issue to talk about, and it's something that I definitely would be open to, you know, to really changing at some point. But part of it is just, you know, I'm kind of lazy, as I, as I said. I've already got it set up that way, and the graphics done, and the podcast submitted in a bunch of different places. And plus, I just, you know, it's, it's sort of a matter of picking your battles. I mean, I, I certainly can understand the arguments there, and, and they are very valid. And I'm not that crazy about the term podcast either, uh, but it is sort of, you know, it's sort of the standard term these days, unfortunately, for better or for worse. So I don't know. It's still something that's open, something that, you know, I'm more than willing to talk about and think about. But, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that goes. The other thing was about the, the order of the show, you know, the different segments. That is also something I'm still kind of considering. And I'm going to stick with the new the new format here at least for this episode, and maybe one or two more, but I'm really open on that. In fact, somebody posted a poll about that in the forums, and right now most people seem to prefer the old format, and that's probably where I'm leaning as well, the old format. I'm just more used to it, but hey, it's open. You know, Let me know what you think. Send me an email or post in the forums or respond to that poll if you like. I definitely want to get your feedback on that. So, all right, let's see. I'm trying to think of what other wrap-up items I've got. I think that's about it for now. Uh, so let's get to the main segment of the show, IceWM. Well, IceWM is a really interesting window manager, and it really is just a window manager. It's it's not a full-fledged desktop environment. It doesn't come with a bunch of other applications. It is just a way to draw windows. It does give you a couple things, however. Um, IceWM, the homepage is IceWM.org, and I would definitely encourage you to check this window manager out if you're in interested at all in something other than KDE or GNOME, and XFCE doesn't quite suit you. IceWM is a nice choice. It is really fast. I think this is just my you know totally subjective uh, feel, but I feel like IceWM is one of the fastest, if not the fastest, window manager. At least it starts up fast. The menus pop up just immediately. It's just, it's really, really snappy. Now, IceWM does give you a panel at the very bottom where you have like a, you know, a start menu, so to speak, you know, something like in Windows. And it gives you a way to put icons there for different applications that you frequently use. It also has buttons for the different um, virtual desktops that you may have. Uh, I think it gives you four to start with. 
and it has a taskbar, a section of the panel where uh, you're currently running applications, you know, where little buttons will appear. And when you minimize a window, it'll drop down into the taskbar. Pretty standard stuff, very much like Windows and very much like KDE and GNOME as well. It also often has uh, little system monitors and, and maybe a little email notification, little little icon that appears, and a clock that when you hover over it gives you the date, and when you click on it gives you a little a little clock as well. Um, IceWM does not draw any icons on the desktop, just like XFCE, at least XFCE 4.2, and the other window managers we'll talk about in the next few weeks also do not draw icons on the desktop. So if you you know if you've got to have icons on the desktop, then you know your best bet is to is to look into some of the alternatives that I mentioned last week, whether it's uh, a desklets or iDesk, or if you if you want to let Nautilus run and take over the desktop, you can do that as well. Uh, so those are you know those are just some some options for you, but it does not provide that functionality out of the box. And, and, you know, as I said before, I kind of like that, but I, I understand that, you know, a lot of folks are, are used to icons on the desktop, so um, that's, certainly, that's certainly an issue. Now, IceWM has, uh, uh, like a lot of these alternative window managers, has a, has a pretty easy way to configure things, but it's generally not done in a GUI tool. There are some third-party GUI applications for IceWM. In fact, I remember I used to run, uh, several years ago, I ran LibreNet, which was a a Debian-based distribution that uh, used IceWM as its default window manager. And there were some third-party menu items, or not menu items, but uh, uh, almost like a control panel-type application where you could go in and change various settings. And if you go to the IceWM homepage, there are links to some of those third-party tools. But I'm not going to discuss those because I don't use them. And they're not part of the standard package. And uh, so, but, you know, if you really are looking for something like that, uh, check check out those third-party tools that you can find on the IceWM homepage. But anyway, getting back to configuration, IceWM is very configurable, but it requires you to edit text files. Now, these text files... Uh, Usually the, usually the way it works is when you first install IceWM, there's a bunch of text uh, configuration files located in various system folders. Oftentimes it's under um, slash USR slash local slash share slash IceWM, or it could be um, slash USR slash X11R6 slash lib slash X11 slash IceWM or possibly slash USR slash local slash lib slash X11 slash IceWM. I think Debian packages put them in slash Etsy slash X11 slash IceWM. But what you can do is, you know, go into the terminal, uh, go into a root user uh, using sudo or su, and do, do the update db, you know, update that database, and then locate IceWM. And you can find where some of the, the system IceWM files are. But what you ought to do is create a home direct home excuse me create a subdirectory in your home directory a hidden one called dot icewm because what icewm will do is it will first look in that hidden your local dot icewm directory and use those files if it finds them and if it doesn't then it will default to the system files and this is not uncommon a lot of applications do this where you'll have system wide configuration files somewhere in the system directory that your normal user can't access, but and it will use those, but it will first look for similar files in your home directory. 
So make a hidden hidden uh, directory. Go into a terminal in your home and type mkdir space dot icewm if it's not there already. And then you can move the configuration files into your home into this home folder in your in this hidden folder in your home directory and edit those. But the following files are some of the preference uh, configuration files. There's there's a file called menu. There's a file called preferences. There's a file called keys. There's a file called toolbar. And then there's several others as well. But those first four are the ones that I tend to, to use the most. And uh, so what I thought I'd do is, is talk about some of these, these uh, files here kind of briefly and just kind of give you some, you know, some pointers on what, on what you can do here. Okay, the first hidden uh, or the first configuration file that you would have in your hidden IceWM folder is one called menu. And what menu does is it is the file that controls the contents of the right-click root menu. You remember in the episode last week when I talked about XFCE, I mentioned that XFCE had a menu that, op that, that popped up when you right-clicked on the desktop. And IceWM is the same way. And like XFCE, hopefully IceWM will have found most of your applications and populated this menu with a bunch of entries and, you know, and, and then links to all the different applications you have out there. IceWM is pretty good about that, uh, as was XFCE. But if you want to edit this particular menu, you can open up the menu uh, file, the text configuration file, and just open it up in your favorite uh, text editor, and you will see uh, the way it works. It's pretty simple. It's almost like a, tr like a menu tree on, on paper. And you'll have uh, an item called menu, and that will be a menu entry. And you can have indented underneath that, you'll have menu, and then the name of the menu in quotes, and then the word folder, and then an open bracket. And you can insert submenus using the same convention. And then when you ultimately get to the level where you want to insert programs, you would type PROG, and then the name of the program in quotes, and then a dash, and then the command to run the program. So for example, I'm looking at mine right now, and I see here a program, PROG space, quote, bluefish, close quote, uh, hyphen bluefish in in lowercase lowercase b and that's the, that's the command to run the bluefish HTML editor and so it's a very easy way to edit the edit the menu now you know again folks who are not used to doing it this way may think that this is a real pain but it really isn't once you get used to it it's it's pretty straightforward and the nice thing is you can take your you, you know your 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 menu your text uh, configuration file and move it over to other computers where you have IceWM and easily replicate the same exact same menu tree without having to recreate it every time. That's the power of these text configuration files, I think. Okay, the next uh, file that you could edit is one called Preferences. Now, the Preferences file is a is a very big text file, and it's got a lot of stuff in here, and it's pretty well commented. This basically is the global general configuration file. Um, it controls all the general preferences uh, of IceWM. So, for example, in this file, you can set all kinds of options on how uh, the, the windows are managed, uh, whether or not, you know, your, your mail notification icon, you know, what it does when new mail comes in, how to set the mail, you know, so, you, so it can point to the right mail server. This is a place where you can set the background uh, that you want to be displayed uh, when you first start up IceWM, 
So it's definitely worth going through this file and just looking at all the different options and preferences that you can enable. And the way the way they work is most of these preferences are commented out, meaning they have that, you know, that hash or that pound sign, you know, the number sign in front of the line. And so what you'd want to do is 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 leave the comment, you know, uh, right above the command. Uh, because that's just a comment that tells you what it is, and then uncomment the line right below it. So, for example, I'm looking at a line right here in my preferences file, and it, it's about the background image. And uh, right underneath it is the command uh, where you can insert a a path to the wallpaper that you want displayed. So you would uncomment that second line and then insert the path to the to the wallpaper that you want that that, that you want displayed on the background. Very easy, very, very simple, and you just, boom, go in, edit it, save it, exit out, and when you start up IceWM, everything will be changed. And there's a lot of preferences in there that you can that you can set. Now, the next one is a uh, file called Keys, and this file is where you can set all of the hotkeys. Uh, so you can have it set to run certain uh, applications. So, for example, if you don't want to do, you know, Control-Alt-something starts up your terminal or starts up your file manager, you can set all those key combinations and hotkeys in here. It's a great little uh, file, and it's pretty, also pretty well commented. Very easy. It just basically is key and then space and then in quotes the keys that you want to press, close quotes, and then space and then the command. Very simple. Very, very simple convention. Very easy to do. And then the last uh, configuration file here that I'll mention is one called Toolbar. And this is where you can configure the toolbar. And really what you're configuring are the little icons in the toolbar, sort of your shortcuts, if you will. I've got four in here, one for my terminal, one for my browser, one for my file manager, and one for my email client. And very easy. All you would do is just uh, put uh, PROG space and then the name of the application, basically what's displayed on the tooltip. And uh, and then the next one is the icon that you want displayed, and then the last word is the command that's that's run. So for example, for for me, my first one is my terminal. I have prog space a term, capital A. That's what's displayed on the tooltip, space terminal, and then space a term, and that's the command to run the terminal. Very again, very easy to do. And uh, these settings again can obviously be transferred from one computer to another. Uh, if you were to install IceWM on more than one computer. Uh, so that's, in a nutshell, the way these configuration files work. Now, IceWM comes with a lot of themes, but there's a lot more that you can find on, on the Internet. Uh, Freshmeet is a good place to go for themes. There's also theme links on the uh, IceWM homepage. And uh, the way you install them is is pretty easy. You would just... In your um, in that hidden IceWM directory, in your in your home directory, you'll make a subfolder called Themes, and you would just unzip or unpack, you know, unarchive the theme files into that folder, and then they will appear when you go to like the you know the Start button down there at the bottom, right above the logout, you'll see Themes, and you click on that, and then a new menu will open, and you'll see all the different themes there that you can that you can select from. Now, making themes is also supposed to be pretty easy. I've not never actually done that, but there are directions on the IceWM homepage. And again, it's basically just mostly text files on, on how to define the, the, the look and feel. And then you need to have some little uh, icons or actually some little graphics if you want to have, you know, 
uh, you know, gradient shaded backgrounds to your windows and, and the buttons for the, for the corners of the windows and that kind of thing. But I've never actually made themes in any window manager. I've tweaked them a couple times, uh, made some minor changes. And so, you know, I guess in a way I've customized some themes, but I've never actually made one from scratch. But I, I hear that they're pretty easy to make. And again, the instructions on the ISWM homepage walk you through it. So, you know, in summary, IceWM is a really nice, fast, super lightweight window manager. It doesn't really come with any additional applications. So that means you would need to select a file manager or use a third-party file manager. Uh, it's sort of similar to XFCE because I just think that most people in XFCE 4.2 at least don't use XFFM. They use a different file manager. So you can use... Um, email FM2 or the Gen2 file manager or Thunar if you want or PC Man FM or you can even use you know Midnight Commander which is a text uh, uh, file manager kind of like Email FM2 sort of the two pane Norton Commander style. There's lots and lots of file managers out there that you can choose from and then you have all your other applications for audio and video and text editors and all that kind of stuff and. It's really, really great to use. I really like IceWM. I've used it off and on over the years. Never stuck to it too much, but I, I really like it just because it's so fast. I mean, it really, it's, you know, it's just amazing how fast it starts up and how snappy everything is, especially the menus and the, and the windows for me are super fast. And, and so I really like it. So this just a brief little summary, a brief little highlight of IceWM. I hope you enjoyed it. And with that, let's check out a listener tip. To start, press any key. Where's the any key? I see Esk, Katarl, and Pigup. There doesn't seem to be any any key. Hey, Chels. This is Alex from Mexico again, and I'm calling in with a tip on how to listen to podcasts. Now, as many listeners, I love podcasts, and I think is uh, podcast is really uh, good and easy to listen on a Linux box. Now, uh, I use KDE on one of my boxes, and I use this program called Amarok, which is one of the premier uh, MP3 jukebox. Not even MP3, it can play other formats, but music jukebox uh, of the KDE desktop. Now, what we want is we want to go to the playlist, which is on the vertical right tags on the Amarok interface, click on it, and it will show us a different set of uh, options or branches if you want to call it one of the branches will say podcast now the podcast will actually ask us we actually have to uh, put the feed on this uh, branch and it will actually go to the website and index all the mp3s from that uh, site so we'll want to go to a site called uh, Podcast Alley which will index many po different shows and also give us the RSS to each of these shows. We Once we get that uh, link we'll actually go back to Amarok, paste that link under Add Podcast and then it will index all these podcasts. Now we have two choices. We can just stream it which, which means that we will just select the podcast and play it and the other option is download it. You actually want to download if you're thinking about pausing throughout the, the show and then or going back to it. Uh, if you stream it and then you click on pause, it will actually time out and start over. So this is a tip that I hope that many listeners use, and I hope to hear you later.
Bye. Message for you, son. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Alex, for that uh, tip. Uh, I definitely could use some more listener tips, so please uh, feel free to record them or send them in. As I've mentioned before, you know, an easy way to do it is to just call the voicemail that you can find the Linux Reality homepage or use the Odeo web-based thing uh, to record. All right, got uh, lots of email this past week, actually, um, even a lot more than normal. So I've got several here I want to read through. The first one, I was going to read read this, and then I realized it's probably better if I don't. But let me explain to you what it is first. You may remember Mike. He was a listener who uh, sent in uh, some feedback previously, and he was the one who was going to be working on a, a Java application, a Java uh, recording application. And he sent me a, a beta version, if you will, and uh, of that, and with some instructions on how to install it for people in Windows and Linux. It's basically you just need to make sure you have Java 1.5 from the Sun's site, from uh, java.sun.com. And then he, he gave me instructions. I think he said he was going to try to record it, but he wasn't able to. So, um, But it sounds like it's working really well. I have not had a chance to try it yet, Mike, unfortunately. But I wanted to um, sort of highlight this because I think this is just awesome that you're working on it. So what I'd like to do is this. Um, either, Mike, if you could post in the forums the what you sent me, you know, the text of what you sent me, sort of the explanation of it, that would be great. That would be an easy place that people can go to find it. Or if people want to email me at linuxreality at gmail.com, uh, I can forward to you uh, the files that Mike sent me as well as his email about it as well. Um, but, you know, Mike, if you had a, a way to host these files and maybe post the instructions in the forums, that would be really cool. Uh, but we can figure something out here. So uh, I definitely wanted to mention that because I just think that's really great, Mike, that you're working on it. And I hope that a lot of people can, you know, check it out and bang on it and get back to you with some feedback. All right, let's see. I got an email here from Jackie uh, from Minnesota. And Jackie writes me, your Linux reality podcast was recommended by a poster on the Ubuntu forums. I checked it out for the first time this evening. I am hooked. I'm a new Ubuntu user since July 2006, and I'm using it exclusively at home now. I'm still weak on the command line, but I hope to rectify that by checking out appropriate books at the library, reading various websites, especially the Ubuntu forums, and listening to your podcast. Thank for, thanks for putting so much good work into this podcast. It's very understandable and friendly for us for us Ubuntu noobs to listen to. Sincerely from Jackie. Well, great, Jackie. Well, thanks so much. And, uh, yeah, there's a tons of resources out there about the, about the command line. I've posted some in the past. Linuxcommand.org is one that comes to mind, but there's a lot of them out there. And, you know, you'll just, you'll get used to it over time. I mean, don't worry about, you know, learning everything right away. I mean, just explore and learn a couple commands here and there and just, you know, it'll, it'll come to you. And I'm just really glad that you found uh, Ubuntu and that it's working for you and that you're enjoying the podcast. So thanks so much. And let's see, here's a message from Aaron. This was interesting. Aaron says, Chess. I'm a software developer stuck in Windows all day that spends his nights and lunches hacking around in OS X and Linux. I had tried Linux a few times in the past, but my recent addiction with OS X really made it a lot easier. I have since installed Linux on all my home PCs except one, and I don't think I'll ever look back. I recently found your podcast and spent both my commute to and from work catching up on and can now say I've heard them all. My favorite was definitely the episode on the file system, and I have sent that URL to many of my Windows geek friends trying to persuade them to make the move. 
As I said, I spend my days in Windows. It pays the bills, but I found that my, Linux, my recent Linux addiction is slowly moving into my Windows world. I suspect there are many out there like me. Unfortunately, every corporate world I have ever seen is stuck with Windows. I would love to see an episode that helps us stuck in Windows inject a little Linux. I've recently found Sigwin, which is a great way to get most of the power of Linux terminal in Windows, and even includes a full-blown SSH server. I've also been looking to get a distro working in either a portable fashion or on a thumb drive so I can use Linux for my personal computing habits on my work laptop. There are other things I've heard of as well, such as co-Linux, but I haven't had a chance to even figure out what they are. Thanks again for the terrific podcast. I eagerly await each week for my podcatcher to pop up with a new episode. You will definitely get a vote from me at Podcast Alley. Aaron, stuck in Windows in Connecticut. <laughs> Thanks, Aaron. That's a great email, and I hear you on the Windows thing. Um, you know, I'm not a developer like you, but uh, I'm stuck in using Windows all day at work, and I definitely inject uh, Linux. I do have Sigwin on my computer at work, and I also will play with some live CDs, and I've I've done. There's a way to to run DSL Linux off a thumb drive in Windows using QEMU, I think it is. I forget, but it was really pretty cool. I just had a window um, open in Windows that had a Linux install in it, and uh, so it was like a virtual machine basically. Uh, but I didn't use VMware or anything like that. It was some you know free alternative. So uh, I, I think that's a great idea, and I'll, I'll see if we can post something in the forums or, or mention that in, in an episode. So. Uh, thanks so much, Aaron. And then let's see. Last one I'll read here this week is from Jason. Uh, and Jason says, hello, I recently discovered your podcast on iTunes and just wanted to drop you a line saying how much I enjoy the show. I think it is a great thing that Linux needs to help users migrate over from their current platforms. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Jason. Well, thanks, Jason. That is really great. I really do appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much for all of the other emails. I got tons more. And as I've said before, if I don't get to them in a particular episode, don't worry. I've saved everything, and I do plan to get to them uh, at some point in the future as I can. I don't, you know, I don't want to sit here and just read emails for the entire episode. So I just want to spread them out. Uh, thanks so much, everybody. Um, I do appreciate it. Uh, thanks for the listener feedback, and as I said, the emails. And I think with that, we're going to wrap it up. Okay, everybody. Well, this has been another episode of Linux Reality, talking about IceWM. Hope you enjoyed that. Definitely check it out. If you haven't checked out Ice, I really highly recommend it. If for no other reason than just to see what alternative window managers can be and to get used to the idea of, of you know, configuring the preferences and stuff in text files because it really is not that hard. And these text files are usually generally very well commented. You just read and Put in your changes and restart ICE and see what happens. You can always go back and undo it. It's not that big a deal. So um, anyway, uh, start of a new month, uh, and I sure do appreciate all the feedback and all the great votes over there at Podcast Alley. If you can keep that coming, that'd be great. If you haven't put your pin on the Frapper map, please do that. And also, please send me the, the uh, uh, voicemail, the, the audio feedback and the audio comments and the listener tips. I definitely love having uh, those things in your own voices. It really makes a big difference, makes the show better, I think. Next week, we're going to continue with this same theme, and we're going to take a look at some more window managers, and we're going to keep plugging away. So hope you all have a great week and a great weekend coming up. I'll talk to you later. This has been Episode 34 of Linux Reality. Bye-bye.